2: Live Mike. Live Mike, check one two with Lee from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee on KSL News Radio.
1: Hey, welcome to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lansbury. This is episode thirty five, and I'm in a bad mood today. Why? Well, here's why. I last night went to bed. I was thinking about all these cool stories I was going to tell you about Piper's first. You know, she's my new little baby, about 10, 11 weeks old. I should know specifically, but I don't want uh, I'm still learning how to be a dad. Uh, she's small, though, one of the smaller humans. Uh, and she had her very—she witnessed her very first Super Bowl last night. Uh, she was exposed to chips and dip for the first time and uh, a big shrimp cocktail spread. Uh, there were sodas for all of us. We were up late. Uh, she saw the halftime show. Uh, It was a wonderful experience, a wonderful first for her, a wonderful first uh, for me. But guess what? I don't get to talk a minute about any of that all day. Why? Because when I woke up, there was snow everywhere. This impeachment stuff was still happening and they've got some kind of party wrapping up in Iowa tonight. So we're going to cover those things today. Uh, as you know, today, uh the, the weather is pretty extreme and i don't mean to make light uh, of that we've heard some some startling numbers some 500 slide offs you got to be careful when you're on the roads uh the power's out for a lot of folks we're going to learn about that in just a moment uh number of schools uh, universities libraries uh different programs are all shut down in the name of safety today that's all good stuff Uh, And the prediction is the weather is going to keep on hitting us. So we uh, throughout today's program, we're going to take periodic looks at what's happening and what's coming. Uh, And to start that off, I I mentioned power. Uh, We have a friend of mine on the on the line, Spencer Hall from Rocky Mountain Power. Sir, how you doing?
0: Doing great, Lee. Good to
1: be on your show. Hey, thanks for coming on. Well, one of the interesting things about this new show is I've had so many opportunities to talk to old friends of mine, uh, but we always have like to get through like the nuts and bolts of why we're talking. So I'd love to catch up and shoot the breeze with you, Spencer, but uh, uh, what we have to talk about right now is uh, power and how this weather is impacting uh, you and your folks. So tell us, uh, what is going on? How, how are folks yeah. faring?
0: Well, it's, it's a really nasty storm, but it's really a classic Utah storm, so light snow, and it really hasn't caused the number of outages that you might expect. We do have one outage in, in Salt Lake right now, another one caused by a vehicle accident. So the real problem right now is cars going off the road and hitting into poles. So, again, people need to be very careful. You know, I said on Twitter earlier today that the speed you should be going is the speed that you're comfortable going off the road today because you're going to. So stay off the roads. Be careful. And then it's always important to know that if your power is out, call us. Call Rocky Mountain Power. Um, don't, don't rely on your neighbors to do it. We need to know each house, and it helps us get crews out there. But really, um, you know, props to our, our crews. They were ready. They had people on standby. They've been able to respond quickly to, to a few outages. There is one in Salt Lake right now out in, uh, out in West Jordan, um, that'll be restored by about three. That has about a thousand customers. But other than that, we've had surprisingly few, uh, despite being uh, a real wallop of a storm.
1: Hey, you have a text line for folks to text in if they've experienced outages. Yeah, they can
0: go on the app, and then they can also um, they can also call us directly at All five zero one eight.
1: All right, very good. About three o'clock, you'll be full 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 power. About three o'clock.
0: Yep,
1: that's right. All right, uh, Spencer, grateful to you. Yeah, let's get together, hang out, shoot the breeze sometime soon when the weather's a little nicer.
3: All right, I'll look forward
0: to that.
1: Joining us now in studio is KSL News Radio's Mark Juke with breaking news. Mark, what's going on?
3: We've got a shelter in place at Evergreen Junior High School. That's in the Granite School District due to some police activity in the area. And in a tweet, the school district is saying, not related to anything happening at the school, but due to police activity. In the area, this is a precaution, but a shelter-in-place at Evergreen Junior High in the Granite School District.
1: Outstanding, sir. Uh, thank you so much. That's KSL's Mark Juke, shelter-in-place announcement. We'll certainly follow that throughout this morning and uh, get more details as we learn more. Uh, not the first shelter-in-place uh, precaution we've heard in the last few uh, weeks. Uh, there was one at East High School uh, just uh, last week. Uh, unfortunate thing uh, too bad when it happens we'll certainly get the the details on that story later on let's uh continue to keep an eye on this weather let me tell you what uh, when i got up this morning i could barely see i could, usually i can see i have a good view of uh, of downtown, I just live a few blocks away from from downtown here in Salt Lake City, very close to uh, KSL Broadcast House. And usually, I wake up each morning to a beautiful view of downtown. This morning, couldn't see more than a block uh, away. Uh, KSL's Mark Juke joins us again. We looks like it looks like we have a development on this shelter in place. Uh, Could you give us an
3: update, Mark? Yeah, we've been working to confirm the details. We now can confirm there was an officer-involved shooting in that area, about 2,500 east and Evergreen Avenue, which is about 3,300 south. And that's why uh, Evergreen Junior High School has been uh, put in shelter in place. Again, this is unrelated to anything at this school, but obviously a police incident. We do have a reporter en route to that area. Again, this is an officer-involved shooting What we are working right now to learn is the condition of people involved in that shooting, and uh, we hope to get those details. We'll bring them to you as they develop.
1: We'll also be curious to learn, uh, in terms of proximity, how close was this event to the school which triggered the uh, lockdown? Is that what it is? Uh,
3: It's not a lockdown. It's a A shelter-in-place, which is a different protocol. It's it's not as extreme. I think a lockdown is more of a a kind of an emergency uh, measure. The shelter-in-place is basically... Uh, Don't go in and out of the school, that kind of thing. The doors are locked and things like that. So as
1: soon as we learn more,
3: we'll we'll bring you those details. Well,
1: thanks for stepping back in. And please don't be shy about bringing us these developments as they come in. We're going to take a break here real quick. And then in the next segment, I'm going to be joined by a colleague of mine, Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. He's got a very insightful and elegant write-up at uh, Deseret News right now. Uh, We're going to talk to him about that. And we're also going to share with you something real classy Uh, Done by your United States Senator Mike Lee via Twitter. I'll read you that tweet next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.
4: It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce.
2: Live, is Mike. Live Mike. Check one, two. With Lee Sperry. From Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Sperry on KSL News Radio.
1: Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Berry. This is Live Mike, episode 35. Grateful to you for tuning in on this snowy day, on this Iowa caucus day, on this impeachment trial day. A lot of things happening today. We're going to cover it all today. This segment, though, we're back at the storm. Uh, I want to real quickly speak to a friend of mine, John Gleason, on the line from Dot, Sir, how you doing? I'm doing great, Lee. How are you? Not bad. Let me say, I am so happy to be back here in Utah. Most of the last five years I spent as a staffer out in D.C., and they have, as you're driving up and down the freeways there, they have you know some uh, highway marquees uh, with very basic and boring instructions on how to stay safe. Coming back here to Utah and seeing the wit and charm of the signs that under your direction here has been a wonderful treat. I'm grateful to be back for that reason, if nothing else.
5: Hey, really appreciate it, Lee. We try to uh, keep things clever and try to uh, get the message out that um, you know get people thinking about how they can become uh, better drivers. Mission Hopefully, that uh, we're, we're succeeding in that effort.
1: <laughs> I, I, I think you are. Tell tell us what uh, what's the message right now.
5: Well, this has been a really challenging storm for everyone out on the roads. We're it's looking like we're seeing some uh, lighter snow showers right now, and that's going to continue. And conditions will continue to improve until about. Eight or nine o'clock tonight, when most of the snow should uh, go by the wayside. But the big concern after that, Lee, is ice. After uh, after tonight, it's going to uh, freeze up, get into uh, the low to mid teens, and, and uh, we could have widespread concerns with uh, ice all day, all day tomorrow,
1: uh, especially during the morning commute. Uh, give some folks advice. How do they combat that?
5: You want to slow down and uh, make sure that your, your vehicle is ready to uh, drive in these conditions, especially what we've seen today are people that are driving on uh, bald tires, some that probably shouldn't have been out on the road, and and so it's a good reminder to all of us to uh, you you can you can get away with it most days, but on a day like today, you're going to pay the price. Unfortunately, if your car is not ready to uh,
1: drive, I, I've been there. I understand the pressures. That you got to get to work. You got to get the kids to the activity. I understand that 100. percent But on a day like today, uh, the boss better understand. Uh, and if they don't, they 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 really got to. Uh, get on board so your advice is uh, travel only if absolutely necessary and when doing so uh use the utmost caution
5: absolutely and i think we got the message out there there's been a lot of uh, a lot of people that have just stayed home today it's um you know number one first and foremost we want to keep everyone on the road safe and and so um a storm like today it, it was challenging for three reasons you had the amount of snow that uh that fell the um the the cold uh you know the cold temperatures here it, it's when it gets cold like that it's harder for the salt to be as effective as it usually is and then uh the wind caused uh drifting snow all across the roads that we just plowed and so if if people had the flexibility it was good that they stayed home but we understand that sure. that there's a lot of people that have to be out there and we want to uh we take a lot of pride in, in making sure that the roads are clear
1: and and, safe. and
5: our crews are going to be working through uh, the duration of the storm and into the night and into uh, tomorrow.
1: John Gleason with you, Dot. One last question before I cut you loose. Let me ask you, I've seen reports that there are 500-some-odd slide-offs in the area. If I find myself in the unfortunate circumstance of having slid off the road uh, and I am, I'm out of track, what do I do? I'm off the road, what do I do?
5: Call 911, If you especially if you're out in the, on the freeway, uh, some people will say, "Hey, you know, I don't know if it's an emergency. It's absolutely an emergency if you're in conditions like this, because if you hit an icy patch, there's a great chance that somebody behind you is going to hit that same patch, and we could be talking about a terrible, a terrible crash here. And so, call 911. Stay in your, stay in your uh, seat with your seatbelt fastened, and wait for help to come."
1: John Gleason, I'm grateful to you. With you, dot. Good luck to you today, Thanks, my
5: friend. Really appreciate it.
1: All righty. Uh, Listen, in studio, I have uh, KSL meteorologist Grant Wayman. He's going to talk to us about how things look right now and how they're going to progress throughout the rest of the day.
6: Well, the news is way better, Lee, compared to what we saw this morning. I mean, John's right. Wow, all the, the, the trouble out there because the snow hit really hard. I mean, the snow rates like way early this morning. It was just really coming down, right? So, I mean, you had that groundwork with all that snow this morning. Plows were trying to do their thing. People hitting the roadways. All of that equaled problems, right? So now that snow, is the heavy stuff is done, we're in the phase of the storm where we're just looking at some lake effect snow. Some areas still seeing snow in parts of the Salt Lake Valley, Tooele Valley. It's not nearly as heavy as what we saw this morning. And we don't expect as much either. Some of those areas, including downtown and other parts of the Salt Lake Valley, might get, say, another inch or so by late afternoon, evening. Then we're pretty much wrapping it up in clearance skies tonight. Then it gets cold. Yeah, so, so snowfall is going to abate
1: a bit. Talk to us
6: about temperatures. Yeah, temperatures super cold. Lee. So, I mean, you heard John talking about it. Teens to near 10 above. I think we could easily... Uh, In parts of the Wasatch Front, see some temperatures in the single digits. Single digits. Here's the thing. I mean, we haven't been that cold. We had a January where we kind of escaped all that. Yeah. You know, we were kind of spoiled with a lot of these 40s and, you know, and lows like around 30. I was running around Liberty Park yesterday with a T-shirt on. Yeah. I mean, it was like uh, it got above 60, I think, right? And Saturday was nice with all that sunshine. So we were a little spoiled. Now Now we're hit back with some of the coldest temperatures we felt all winter. So not only do we need to go back in that mode of all the extra layers and all that, but, I mean, kiddos walking to school tomorrow, you know, all of a sudden a 10- to 15-minute walk to school, that's an issue if they don't have their hands covered, right, their face covered. So we gotta, we got to keep that in mind. All need to bundle up. And then John mentioning the ice, you know, when it gets that cold, all this stuff. I'm just kind of looking behind you, Lee, at 3rd uh, West, and all that, you know, snow becomes uh, – it becomes kind of crunchy, doesn't it, when it gets to that 10 above. So we're going to have that to deal with tomorrow morning, all that ice out there. KSL, meteorologist.
1: Grant Wayman, I'm grateful to you. You bet, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, good to see you again. Have a good afternoon. You too. Uh, So that's the report. You know how the roads look. You know how the weather's looking. Uh, We're going to have a a few more conversations and get a little bit more info on all this weather stuff. In the next segment, we're going to speak with Sergeant Nick Street. is a public information officer with the Utah Highway Patrol. going to talk to us about some of the crashes they've seen. uh, Get some more advice in addition to what we got from John Gleason. I asked uh, John Gleason from UDOT. I asked him, if you find yourself in the unfortunate circumstance of having uh, slid off the road, uh, his advice, uh, his instruction to you is this, to keep yourself safe and to keep those around you safe, you stay in your vehicle, you keep your seatbelt on, and you call 911. That's the instruction from John Gleason. Uh, in the next segment, we're going to hear from the folks that will come uh, help you out if you find yourself in that unfortunate Situation. Sergeant Nick Street with Utah Highway Patrol going to join us next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike episode 35. There's a lot going on today. The Senate impeachment trial against President Donald Trump has adjourned. But what still remains Is an opportunity for, I'm sorry, I have pizza in my mouth. (laughs) When there are big stories like this, uh, sometimes the folks here, the the bosses here at KSL are kind enough to bring pizza in. Uh, Well, so that's one half of this equation. The other half is that we have this brand new shiny studio. We're not allowed to eat in here. And so I have out in the hallway some pizza. And I just ran out uh, too close to the end of the commercial break. So I ran in here uh, chewing and wiping my mouth. And so I apologize. I apologize. Uh, That's why I may sound uh, like I'm licking my lips and trying to pick pepperoni out of my teeth. Uh, The impeachment trial. The trial itself has adjourned. What is left now is an opportunity over tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday for each member of the Senate, all 100 of them, uh, to address the full body for 10 minutes apiece. Uh, That's 1,000 minutes. Uh, I think that translates out to about 16 hours. Um, I believe Senator Lee, I got word from his office, I asked uh, if they knew yet when they would be speaking or how the order would be handled. I don't know the big picture answer to that, but I do believe uh, that Senator Lee will be speaking Wednesday morning from the floor uh, of the Senate. I'll get more specifics on that and we'll find out about Senator Romney as soon as we're able. And, uh, and if those If those addresses are are given during our show, you can rest assured that we'll play them in their entirety. I am absolutely fascinated to see uh, what Utah's senators have to say to the rest of the Senate body. And think of this. It's not just uh, the senators, the other senators in the room listening. Of course, Chief Justice Roberts uh, is there. There are members of the House acting as those House managers and then the president's own defense team. And of course, uh, you better believe the president himself will be uh, listening in as each of the 100 United States senators across this country address uh, the body as these proceedings uh, come to an end and a vote. On Wednesday, what's predicted, a vote on Wednesday at about 2 p.m. Mountain uh, will be cast. We'll cover that uh, in great, great detail here as this chapter of American history uh, it comes to an end and we hopefully get back uh, to the business of the people back there in Congress. I will say that <clears throat> I've been back and forth on some other issues with uh, former uh, coworkers of mine out there in Washington, D.C., mostly on the House side, and I can tell you that the work continues. They are doing uh, good and intense work out there. Uh, and that legislative action is still being carried out, and the uh, the elected officials that you sent to Washington are, for the most part, still uh, still working. We're going to continue to beat this drum that not it's not only the impeachment that is happening back in Washington that uh, there are other items happening as well and we are coming to uh, it's estimated it's believed it's predicted uh, that uh, we're coming to the end of this impeachment and that a, a vote of guilty or not guilty will be cast by the senators uh, I don't want to say that it's a foregone conclusion but the the highest likelihood is that uh, President Trump will be acquitted he will retain office and go on to run uh, for president for another four years Years, so that's that on the impeachment front. I'm anxious to to see. This is a a fascinating thing. I was checking the history books. This uh, this deal here, allowing each United States senator to speak for ten minutes apiece, uh, a thousand minutes total. That opportunity given to these senators is there is no precedent for this. Go back to 1999. Didn't happen when Clinton was uh, being tried. Uh, Go back to 1868. It didn't happen when Andrew Johnson. Uh, was uh, being tried in the United States Senate. Now, one area where I haven't been able to to dig in and and look around is it's not only presidents that face impeachment trials in the United States Senate. We spoke, I think, uh, a week or so ago about uh, the impeachment of a few judges in history. I'm not sure if the senators had opportunity to speak then, but on the the presidential front, uh, this has never happened in history. So uh, this is it. This is the first time you'll ever see it. And so uh, take note of that. Remember uh, the words that you hear. Uh, spend some time. If you can't catch it live, that's okay. We'll have it archived on, uh, on kslnewsradio.com and elsewhere. Uh, but please, be familiar with this. It is the first time it's ever happened in American history. Your children and grandchildren will someday take tests based on the events that take place over the next few days. They will read these words and study them. They will become part of American history. If I sound melodramatic, I'm sorry, but it is, I promise you, a very uh, big deal. Let me uh, move on to another uh, political topic that's uh, being uh, played out right now, and it has to do with uh, SB 54. You remember that? It uh, was the of legislation that made its way through the Utah legislative process and allows for the gathering of signatures. Uh, if you meet a certain threshold, you gather enough signatures, you can get your name on the, the primary ballot. Now that hasn't that isn't how it has always been. It used to be exclusively that through the the caucus and convention system that you would have to make your case in a convention uh, before uh, delegates here in the state of Utah, and it was those delegates that would then cast their vote. And if you m- made it at a certain threshold, uh, you would then uh, be on the primary ballot. That's how you got there through the convention. <clears throat> well, uh, there are some folks that thought uh, they might want to broaden. Uh, those abilities of folks and uh, allow them to make the appeal directly to individuals, uh, citizens, and via signature gathering. Uh, get their name on the ballot. It caused extreme controversy. It cost a lot of money. It led to a number of lawsuits. Uh, There are some bad feelings still felt uh, by folks on both sides of this issue. It's incredibly complicated. You heard it covered at great length here. Listen, this debate goes back so far. I can remember booking guests uh, on the Count My Vote effort and the SB54 way back when I was a producer for Doug Wright. He and I would work together in the mornings. I was calling folks left and right. Trying to understand this deal, well, uh, it it carried out. It became the law of the land, um, and we have for the past number of years lived in a dual path away to the primary uh, world. Well, Senator Dan McKay would like to change that. It was attempted uh, by some to repeal uh, the SB fifty four. That was unsuccessful. There were some lawsuits. Those were unsuccessful. Well, Senator, I just sorry, I just pulled more pizza out of my teeth. Um so there <laughs> was that gross no I'm sorry. <laughs> it was bugging me. I'm eating pizza. Uh so Senator Dan McKay uh is working on a piece of legislation uh, that would address this issue in a slightly different way. Uh and it would allow for the parties to determine uh whether or not they would accept someone onto their ballot uh who had passed through the the signature route. It would give them the ability to uh to to only allow someone who had been through the, con- the traditional caucus uh, convention system uh, onto their ballot. It's a fascinating thing. It's very interesting. Uh, but it is, man, it is reviving a lot of those old feelings. I, I mentioned to you that uh, that Amy and I were going to look into this issue and that we we're going to cover it on today's program. We are going to do that. We're going to speak uh, to the respective chairman uh, of both the Republican and Democrat Uh, party here in the state of Utah. We're going to start with Jeff Merchant chairman of the uh, Democratic Party. He and I have spoken before. Uh, We'll speak again today and get his reaction to this. I'm also, if I'm able, uh, going to speak to him too about what's happening in Iowa today. The weather and these impeachment proceedings have kind of gotten in the way of that. I am, I promise you, uh, going to talk to you about Iowa. We're going to speak later on to Scott Howell uh, about the Iowa caucuses. And I... (laughs) I get a little frustrated with Iowa uh, because it is, honestly, every uh, four years, I did the math, that's every 1,460 days, I need to refresh myself. Uh, number one, on where the heck is Iowa? Uh, number two, what is it about them, what is it about the state of Iowa that makes it so relevant uh, to The presidential race. Uh, Well, I think I have a pretty good understanding of things. Uh, Now, that is not to say that I understand exactly how their caucus system works. They're doing; it's always been confusing, and they uh, are—they've complicated things even more so this year. Uh, When the polls close tonight and the results are reported, we're getting uh, not just one result, uh, but we're going to get three batches of uh, data. And it'll be up to us, uh, you and me, just uh, common folks to figure out what it means to us. It'll be uh, up to to the media to see how they interpret. It'll also be up to the various candidates uh, to determine how they spin this and present it to uh, elevate their position or uh, communicate success uh, or the failure of their opponents. Uh, That's all tonight. Iowa's doing its caucus thing. Uh, The reason why... Iowa is relevant is because they're simply the first ones uh, on the calendar. Each uh, state and even the territories are going to have their own caucuses and primaries, Uh, over the next uh, few weeks and months. And I'll walk through some of those dates. I'll tell you when Utah is going to be up to bat and uh, some others, all that, uh, later in the program. But anyway, uh, I'm late for this commercial break. In the next segment, we're going to be speaking with Jeff Merchant, chairman of the Utah Democratic Party. We're going to talk to him about his reaction to Senator Dan McKay's legislation, which would allow parties uh, to accept folks onto their ballot only through the traditional caucus convention system. That's next up here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsbury and this is K. KSL News Radio. This is Live Mike. Check one,
2: with Lee Sperry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, taxes, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Sperry on KSL News
1: Radio. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Berry. This is Live Mike, episode thirty-five. That's pretty good, huh? uh let's see if we can make it to a thousand five thousand uh, i think i talked to doug Wright. he did some eight thousand three hundred and some i got a ways to go to catch up to that guy uh but we'll see we'll see what we can do and with your help maybe we'll get there uh, listen you and i throughout the morning have been talking about weather if you look out your window you're going to see a little bit of weather happened uh, in the overnight and continues to fall on our heads uh, as we speak on the phone right now we have utah highway patrol information officer sergeant nick street sir i'm grateful to you for your time how you doing
2: Doing well, Lee. How are
1: you, sir? Not too bad. Uh, I know you have a lot on your plate today, so let's get right to it. Uh, How are things looking right now from your vantage point?
2: Salt Lake County, our troopers are still responding to a lot of incidents. In fact, since midnight, uh, they've had 610 calls for service Uh, statewide. We've had uh, just about 226 crashes um, that we've drawn case numbers on throughout the state.
1: Uh, slide-offs. Let me talk to you specifically about slide-offs. Uh, let's say I'm driving down the road, I lose control, uh, I- I'm in the side of the road. What do I do in that instance for safety?
2: Um, well, it, it, it depends on if, if where you've slid off. You know, If you've gone down an embankment and there's no hope to get your car back onto the roadway, then you're going to need a tow truck and uh, potentially the help with traffic control of a state trooper. So uh, best thing to do there is to call either the non-emergency line, the Utah Highway Patrol Dispatch, or to call 911.
1: All right. Uh, let's say it's uh, I'm just uh, down I-15 and I-, I slide down into the middle. Uh, do I stay in the vehicle? What do I do in that instance?
2: Yeah, 100% stay in the vehicle with your seatbelt on if you're on the interstate. Uh, utilize your phone to make the call. If your car's drivable, um, you know, try to get back onto the roadway in a safer spot, or eventually if you're drivable to the point where you can get it back in the lanes and get off the interstate, um, that's the best place to go and then get out, assess the damage of your vehicle, and potentially call a trooper if you need a report.
1: Let me ask you this question, a little tough. I know it depends on the circumstance, certainly, uh, but we here in Utah have a great instinct and urge to help others when they are in need. If I'm driving down the road, I see someone go off the road, uh, what do I do with that instinct?
2: You know, it, it depends um, if I, I'm, I'm totally OK with people uh, as long as they're comfortable with getting their vehicle out of traffic off on the right side of the road. Put on your hazard lights, um, you know, even left side of the road, if it's in the media median and, uh, you know, rendering aid or whatever needs to be done to help somebody, um, even being the one to call 911 uh, to get help there. Um that's that's what we want to do, and, and I, I think that's that's expected
1: of people. Before I say goodbye, take 30 seconds. Give us the basics of safety on the roads in these conditions.
2: Yep. Some of the biggest things we, we continue to see, and I know I sound like a broken record talking it's about It's all
1: right. It, it's the, all right. Uh, Van... I'm sorry? No, I said, I said it's all right to sound like a broken record. On days like this, I, it's important to to repeat, repeat, repeat the fundamentals.
2: Yep, yep. Watch your speed. Uh, following distance is critical you need more than the two seconds required by law a lot of people don't realize what two seconds is but at freeway speed at 70 miles an hour that's close to 200 feet of distance between the car you're following and your car and i'd i'd be shocked if uh nine or you know maybe 10 percent of people maintain that most people don't and that's the law on snow days you need to double triple that amount of distance to make sure that you have enough time to react for that adverse situation in front of you
1: sergeant nick street UHP, public information officer. I'm grateful to you, sir. Thanks a lot. Stay safe. You bet, sir. Thank Alrighty. you. All Uh, In studio, we have uh, Kevin Eubank, KSL meteorologist, a friend of mine, join us in studio to let us know what we're in store, what what we have to face the rest of this day and in the overnight and into tomorrow. You
4: know, the brunt of this storm, Lee, has already occurred. So that is the good news is the heaviest snowfall has already happened. So tonight we'll continue to see scattered snow light and uh, primarily uh, east of the lake. Uh, And then all of a sudden lake effect is going to kick in. So what we've got is such cold air. Air, We had 50 degrees almost on Sunday. All of a sudden we got all this cold air moving over that lake and we are going to see some lake effect bands continuing for the west side of the Salt Lake Valley, the Ochre Mountains and into the Tooele Valley overnight and through the day tomorrow, or through the morning hours of tomorrow. Minimal, we're talking only a couple inches of accumulation for the Tooele Valley. But this evening, what's going to happen is it's going to get so cold, lows will fall down near 20 degrees, that the water on the roads, the ice on the roads, it is going to be a slick, slick night out on the roadways. UDOT and the municipality trucks have just done amazing work to try to keep these roads clear. But even if they've got them clear, now we're talking with ice sure. in the overnight. So the roads will most definitely be still very treacherous through tomorrow morning.
1: When will there be a break in those low temperatures?
4: So we're going to stay cold all week long. High temperatures are going to be in the 20s and low 30s for most of the week. Tomorrow, we actually get a fair amount of sunshine. Tomorrow's our in-between day. And then we bring another storm system in here on Wednesday into Thursday, and we ought to see several more inches of snow in the valleys and another good amount up in the mountains. We're talking 6 to 12 uh, Wednesday night into Thursday for the Northern Mountains. So this storm just keeps on giving. To give you a perspective, Lee, we had 9 inches in Salt Lake City out of this storm alone in downtown at the airport. That is the snowiest day we've had since January 27th, 2013. Jeez. It's been seven years since we've had a storm like this. Impacting downtown Salt Lake. So this was a big one. It was big everywhere. Uh, the exception has been Utah County. A couple people in Orem and Provo going, hey, you guys are idiots. We, don't even, we didn't even get any snow. Well, let's go visit your friends up in Eagle, um, Eagle Mountain area and up in Woodland Hills. They, they got crushed with about a foot to a foot and a half. So uh, this is one of those funny storms. Some got it, some didn't, but most did. And it most definitely is going to stick around uh, at least the, the treacherous roads through the night.
1: Sure, Kevin. You be grateful to you, KSL meteorologist, giving us the info. the The worst of the snows fall is behind us. The temperatures are going to drop, and that's what we going to pay attention to uh, here for the rest of today and into tomorrow. Thank you so much. Uh, listen, just a quick moment before we need to take another break. I want to get you up to speed on what's happening in Washington right now. The impeachment trial has effectively come to an end. Uh, the The defense and the prosecution, the, the House managers, they have made their case. Uh, We are moving into this final phase of the proceedings uh, with a vote coming up at 2 p.m. Expected uh, on Wednesday at 2 p.m. here, Mountain Time Zone. That's going to happen during this program, and I uh, uh, am looking forward to sharing that historic event with you. We're going to figure out how best to cover that. Uh, The the way it works is each one of the senators uh, will stand up and say vocally guilty or not guilty. Uh, we'll keep a tally, and you will see uh, on this very program it is uh, expected uh, whether or not the president will remain in office uh, or be removed from office by the senators of the United States. One tiny bit of trivia. And now, again, you know how what the tea leaves are telling us, that the highest of likelihoods that the president is going to remain in office, McConnell likely has the votes to uh, acquit the president of these charges, these impeachment charges. Uh, but let me just tell you something interesting. If, if by some wild happening... Uh, The president is uh, removed from office. If the Senate votes to remove him from office constitutionally, that triggers a second vote. And that second vote is to answer this question, whether or not the senators uh, would like to uh, disqualify the president from future federal office. Uh, anyway, it's, it's just a neat, neat little thing. It will probably not be tested uh, because the highest likelihood is that the president will remain in office following the vote. Uh, listen, next up, uh, it's not Washington, but it's close enough. Iowa. The caucuses uh, are happening tonight, just a few hours away. Uh, this is where the race really starts. And we're going to talk about it next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to the program today. I'm grateful to you for having listened to this episode, number 35. We covered a lot of ground. We talked about a lot of things. And uh, if I'm honest, I learned a lot. There was a lot uh, going into the program today, uh, of which I was unaware. Some of the things dealing with weather and safety. Certainly the Iowa caucuses and the proceedings in Washington, D.C. as these impeachment trials uh, and the associated activities come to an end. The prosecution and defense has rested their uh, respective cases, and now there's an opportunity for each one of the 100 senators to appear on the floor of the Senate uh, for 10 minutes each. That's 1,000 minutes. Uh, going to be a couple days. Senator Joe Manchin uh, right now speaking from the Senate floor to his colleagues. We're going to follow this over the next few days, in particular uh, when Senators Lee and Romney share their remarks. If it's during this program, I can assure you we're going to listen in its entirety. Anyway... Uh, weather. That's what we've been talking about for a good chunk of today. And uh, Utah Avalanche Center put out a warning uh, this morning that caught my eye. You often see uh, avalanche warnings uh, in the backcountry, and we get advisories and advice and uh, help on how to uh, stay safe uh, when the threat of avalanches is high, as well as how to avoid triggering them ourselves. Uh, back on episode nine, we had a guest on this program, Drew uh, Hardesty, with the Avalanche uh, uh, Service. He's an avalanche forecaster with the Forest service. Uh, well, he joins us again because I saw uh, early this morning an alert and a warning related to avalanches uh, that dealt with uh, an area I had never before seen, and that's down here uh, in the valleys. Drew, sir, how are you?
7: Hey, Lee. I'm doing pretty well. You know, I'm just staring out my front window here up in the avenues, and and uh, I agree with you. It's It's quite a rare thing for us to issue warnings for the the valleys, and the benches, uh, 100% for sure.
1: I, I know you've been uh, on the airwaves here today at, at various times. You've told this story a, a number of times, but uh, one of the points I've been driving home today is that regardless of how many times you repeat this, it remains equally important. So it, tell us again, tell us about this unique uh, warning and what we can do to heat it.
7: Well, so yes, Lee, what's interesting about this is that Uh, You know, many people are accustomed to the avalanche danger spiking up in the mountains. You know, I mean, commonly you'll hear us issue avalanche warnings for, we would say it's a high danger for the mid and upper elevation, say north through east-facing slopes. And, And again, you know, people that are heading up into the mountains, by and large, are accustomed to this type of avalanche problem. But when you flip the storm upside down, and you're looking at people heading into the benches and the foothills. It's really the physics is the same, Lee. You just need a steep slope as we measure it between, say, 30 and 45 degrees. You know, just you could just sort of take out a uh, and find a slope meter and just figure out what that slope angle is. And if you have enough snow and enough wind is what we have, um, then you're going to have avalanches. It doesn't matter if it's at 4,600 feet on the benches or 10,500 feet. Up in the mountains,
1: I uh, I'm I'm a runner. Uh, I've been thinking about doing some trail running today. Maybe busting out the snowshoes. Are there things that I should be uh, aware of? Are there precautions that I should be taking?
7: Well, uh, you know, again, I I I would I would bounce one other thing out there, Lee. In in this in this way, is that just it's it's sort of the outliers that take us by surprise where we get into trouble. And again. Um, one thing that was a catalyst for me at 4 in the morning putting this warning out was knowing that people heading into the foothills and, and the benches here, um, you know, again, they're not accustomed to the avalanche problem. They're oftentimes out maybe alone walking their dog. Uh, they're not carrying avalanche rescue gear like a beacon, shovel, and probe. Um, they They might be heading out alone, and it could be just the furthest thing from their mind, and so – we just wanted to get this on the radar for people that would be heading up, even just above the houses here into the benches and the foothills, to know that avalanche conditions do exist out there.
1: Do warnings like this? Do they have a sunset? Will be lifting this warning at some point? And if so, how is that looking?
7: Yes, I expect the danger to be most pronounced today uh in tonight now we the the weather looks continues to look active we we may have strong east winds or a canyon wind event and that's going to just create even more wind drifted snow that would be unstable even at these low elevations so we just every day we need to pay attention to the weather and see how that's going to affect the avalanche conditions so By itself, I mean, things would normally settle out by tonight or in the morning. But if we have these strong east winds, and particularly canyon winds, you know, at the mouth of, say, Parley's Canyon, Ogden-Weaver Canyon, then we're going to have another round of wind drifts and and continue to have unstable conditions into tomorrow.
1: Outstanding. Uh, Drew, listen, I am grateful to you. Let me ask you before you go. You and yours are all safe and uh, healthy and happy? Uh, Everyone's uh, safe on the roads in your clan today?
7: So far. Uh, but uh, you just sort of can't—you uh, uh, just can't take your eye off the ball, you know. Um, sure. uh, we just want to get the warnings out and keep people safe and coming home to the families at the end of the day.
1: Outstanding, uh, Drew Hardesty, Avalanche Forecaster with the Forest Service and the Utah Avalanche Center, sir. I'm grateful to you for your time. Uh, stay safe. I'm grateful to you for the, uh, the service you're rendering for the folks out there. Uh, listen, just about a minute and a half left in today's program. Uh, let me again thank you, and let me again do a little recap here. The weather has been extreme, and it has not yet let up. Uh, the snow, for the most part, is done. There are some flakes falling out of the sky now, but it's not building up uh, hot and heavy as it was uh, earlier today. What is coming up next is are low temperatures. There's slush and snow and sleet and water on the ground, and the temperature is falling. Uh, You've been through high school science class. You know what that means. It means ice. And that's coming up for your commute home tonight. It's coming uh, tomorrow morning as you seek to get back into the workplace or maybe to school. And so you need to think back to Driver Z. Oh, what were the instructions given when your mom or dad were teaching you to drive? Uh, what did they say about staying safe on icy and slick roads? Uh, first and foremost, it's avoid them if you're able. If you're able to stay in, uh, do so. If you're able to avoid danger, uh, absolutely do so. Uh, beyond that, there have been some historical developments today. Uh, the, the impeachment trial has almost nearly come to an end. In fact, uh, the important portions have come to an end. The prosecution and the defense has rested right now. It's the senators talking to each other on Wednesday, the final vote. We're going to keep our eyes on it and other things on this program. Next up here on KSL, it's Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news here on KSL Radio.